Welcome to week one of Here, There, Everywhere. And if you recognize the Huey Lewis in the News song um, for the theme song of our series, then you are my people, okay? This is a series about the vision of our church, the very heartbeat of our church. And so if you're new here, if you're new to watching online, uh, you're gonna find out pretty quick if this is the place for you because throughout this series, we're gonna be exploring our foundations, our core values, the reasons why we started Prodigal Church and where we're headed. And so I want you to stay for all three weeks, okay? I want you to watch for all three weeks. Uh, see if this is a place for you, hear us out. And I think that at the end of these three weeks, the end of this series, uh, you'll be in one of three places. Some of you at the end of the three weeks might be like, this church is not for me. And we would say, all good, okay? There is a lot of great churches to listen to online. There's a lot of great churches in our city. Your task would then be to continue your search to find the right spiritual community for you. Uh, for others of you, after three weeks, you might be like, yeah, this is why I've been coming to the church. This is my community. I am all in on the vision and mission of Prodigal Church. And if that's you, then in three weeks, your task is to become a greater part of making this vision a reality. If you're all in, then be all in. Help us, contribute, don't just consume. Uh, we believe that God is in this. We believe that you're here for a reason. And then finally, it, for others, at the end of these three weeks, you're gonna be like, well, I like the church enough, you know? I'm comfortable, I'm not pressured there. Uh, sometimes the pastor makes me laugh, but I'm not really ready to be committed. And if that's you, uh, then in three weeks, your task is to ask, what is Jesus calling you to? Because whatever it is, he's not calling you to comfort. He, he's always pushing us to the uncomfortable, uh, to, to expand, our boundaries. Jesus is always moving us away from our comfort into maturity, growth. Now, we're gonna revisit these tasks at the end of the series, but today, let's dive right in. In the first chapter of the book of Acts, Jesus has risen. He's appeared to a number of people, including his disciples and hundreds around, and he's getting ready to ascend into heaven and leave earth. And the very last thing that he tells his disciples is found in the book of Acts, chapter one, Verse eight, it says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. This is going to be our theme verse throughout this sermon series because Jesus commands his disciples here to go here, there, and everywhere, okay? You shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem. That's where they were. Jesus commands his disciples not to leave Jerusalem after he is crucified. Uh, but he rises from the dead on the third day, and that is where they are. So Jerusalem is here. You shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and then Judea and Samaria. That's there. That's the surrounding areas. Jerusalem is within Judea. Jesus grew up in Judea. All the disciples are from Judea. That is there. But that's not the only there because we also have Samaria. Samaria was next to Judea, but even more scandalous is the fact that the Samaritans symbolized uh, the people that they hated, the Jews hated. You're, you're supposed to go there also. Now more on that next week. So we're to be witnesses in Jerusalem, here, Judea, Samaria, there, and to the ends of the earth, everywhere. Here, there, 
everywhere, okay? Hip, hip, hip to be square. So today is here, here, right here, this place, right now, this church, Prodigal Church. We started this church uh, five years ago uh, this month, and we are going to have an epic birthday party the last Sunday of September to celebrate what God has done in and through us these five years, and it's gonna be a blast. Now, we do have six core values, and these core values really do shape us. They are the filter in which we do all of our events. Uh, everything needs to fit within these core values. Every sermon series we choose, every outreach we have, it fits within, it's filtered through these core values. Here they are, Jesus, kingdom, diversity, belonging, real, and suffering. And each week throughout this sermon series, we're gonna connect a couple of our core values with Acts chapter one, verse eight. So that's the outline of these next three weeks, this new series here, there, and everywhere. And now our first core value, Jesus. We follow Jesus above everything else, and that influences our lives and our interpretations. We believe that God is like Jesus. God has always been like Jesus. There was never a time when God wasn't like Jesus. We haven't always known this, but now we do. Jesus is bigger and better than the Bible. People have asked me, do you follow the Bible? I would say, no. I follow Jesus. I read, I study, I meditate, I memorize the Bible, but I follow Jesus. Uh, we read and study the Bible in order to follow Jesus better. There's a difference. Uh, are you guys a Bible church? No, we're a Jesus church. We love the Bible. We study the Bible. Every week we learn from the scriptures, but the best part of the Bible is that it leads us to Jesus. The Bible is not a how-to book. It is a here's who book, okay? It is all about Jesus. First and foremost, it tells us who Jesus Christ is and therefore who we are and who we need to be and who we need to be like and who we need to be with. Here's the thing, you can know the Bible and still be a jerk, but if your heart and life is wrapped up in Jesus, you begin to live and love more like him. So Jesus is everything for us. Several years ago, there was an atheist uh, bus campaign that plastered signs and media all over the city, and in particular on city buses, um, that had their certain slogan on them. And this was throughout the UK and the United States, and their slogan was very interesting. It said this, there's probably no God, so stop worrying and enjoy your life. Now there was a debate amongst the atheist groups about using the word definitely or the word probably. They went with probably. That's interesting, but that's not the most interesting part. The most fascinating line in this campaign is the phrase, stop worrying. Stop worrying. It's, it, that phrase, it, it's predicated on the belief that if there is a God, that that is something that we should be worried about. In other words, if there is a God, we're all screwed because we all know from religion that God is judgmental. He's mean, he likes to throw people in hell, and you're one of them. There's this idea that God is against us rather than for us. And this has so been propagated by the Christian religion and by non-Christians as well, that the antidote for our worry of death is atheism. Well, I can live in a much better universe than that, thank you very much. 
It's a universe in which God doesn't exist at all. And all of this is predicated on the idea that God is against us instead of for us. But it's not true. Jesus arrives on the scene, God in a bod, 2,000 years ago, concrete, flesh and blood proof that God is for us. He is so for mankind that he'd rather die and go to hell than go to heaven without us. Hebrews 2 says this, Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is, the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. Now, did you catch that? It's pretty deep here. Jesus frees us from our fear of death. God isn't up there waiting to send lightning bolts on us when we mess up. He's not up there waiting for a chance to put you in time out or to make you stand in the corner. Uh, no, God's for us. Jesus doesn't want you to fear. Jesus wants you. There's no fear in love, the book of 1 John says, as we travel through the summer of love. And so when we started Prodigal Church, our heart was to point people to Jesus, to the beauty of Jesus. And this matters greatly because our character, our lives, our families, our communities are shaped by it. A.W. Tozer wrote this, What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. I agree. There is a story found on a scroll from centuries just before Christ. And on the scroll was a story, a short story of a woman and her husband. The husband leaves his house every week to go and worship at the temple of Diana. And the temple of, of Diana was in Ephesus and she was a fertility goddess. And so part of worshiping the goddess of fertility was to go into the temple, sleep with the temple prostitutes, and the husband would do this every week as his spiritual act of worship. Every afternoon when the husband would leave, his wife would notice a certain look on his face, a certain smile, grin. And as he leave the house, he would say, I'm off to go worship at the temple of Diana. The story on the scroll comes to an end with the husband smiling, waving goodbye one afternoon and his wife whispering as he left, if only his gods were different, then he'd be different. Who and what you worship, who your examples are in life, matters greatly for how you live. God's primary posture to you is not judgment. It's not wrath. It's not anger. It's not even holiness. God's primary posture to you is love. Jesus didn't die for you because God was mad at you. Jesus died for you because God was madly in love with you. That's our first core value. So when you are here at Prodigal Church, everything we do is built upon Jesus. The second core value that connects with here is real, okay? Real, honesty, vulnerability, authenticity, whatever you wanna call it, it's essential to our spiritual lives. You know one of the best compliments that you can say about our church? It's that we're real. You know one of the best compliments that you can give me? Is, yeah, John's real. There are three places in our world that sociologists say we pretend to be somebody else. The first is when we enter the lobby of a fancy hotel.
okay? We pretend. We're a bit more uppity than we normally are. The second place where we pretend is at a car dealership, okay? We want to uh, present something to the salesman that's different than what is actually real. And then finally, the place where we pretend to be something that we're not is on Sunday mornings inside the churches in the great United States. God knows that we're all pretenders. And the church has been so good traditionally at being fake. Every one of you have mastered the art of arguing and screaming at each other on your way to church. And then as you pull in, oh look, there's the pastor, say hi, and we all wave. Historically, the Christian church has not been great at creating spaces for people to be authentic. We're really good at people telling stories of victory, right? Uh, like traditionally, when you hear a story being told in an environment kind of like this on a Sunday morning, it goes like this. Well, I used to be a mess, but now I'm not. That's typically the story that we hear on a Sunday morning. And those are important stories. And sometimes we need to see that there's light at the end of the tunnel and we need to be inspired. But what we don't often hear in the church is, and perhaps a more important story is, yeah, I'm right in the middle of this thing. And I can tell you what I've learned so far, but I'm not there yet and I could really use some help. That's a good story, but we don't share that. For some reason, we, like, we feel like we're only highlighting Jesus when we highlight victory or success, but that's not true. Our lives show Jesus in more than just our victories. Jesus is seen in the everyday, the ho-hum struggle of just keeping things going when it's difficult. Jesus is seen in us when we're on top of the mountains with our hands raised high, and when we are in the valley, holding on for dear life. We're not always on the top of the mountain, but there's joy even in the valley. Jesus is found in the valley. Most of life is not on the mountaintops, or even at the bottom, right? Most of life is somewhere in between, the foothills, if you will, the middle, and we wanna be real. As a leadership here at Prodigal, our desire is not that you would leave here and think, man, that pastor is so spiritual, or man, the people who go to that church really got it all together. No, our desire for you is to say that they're honest, they're real, they're normal. It seems like they really love Jesus, but they're just like me. They don't have it all together either. Listen to this. Here at Prodigal Church, we are together in not having it together. I was at Wild Water Adventure Park with my kids last week. And there are certain rides um, where you ride down on an inner tube. And so you wait in line for someone to finish the ride, then you get their inner tube, and then you go back up and go down the slide. Uh, well, sometimes when someone finishes the ride, they're happy, they're excited, they just landed in this great pool of water. Sometimes they don't wanna give up their tube. They wanna hold on to it and go on the slide again. And most of the time, People just don't realize that there's a line waiting for their inner tube, okay? They just assume that they can keep going down the ride again and again. Other times, they know that they're supposed to give up their inner tube, but they play dumb so that they just keep it all day with no regard for me or my children, okay? They're being sneaky, little sinners. And so last week, my kids and I are at the, waiting for inner tubes at the bottom of this ride, and this five-year-old girl slides down, and she gets off the ride, and she holds onto her tube. And I'm like, 
No, 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 sweetheart. I see through your little innocent, you know, five-year-old little girl with Peppa Pig floaties on, okay? I see through you. Give up your tube. She's like, excuse me? And I'm like, you heard me. Go on. Get. Okay? Now, I'm not proud of myself. I wish some part of that story was a lie. But I'm here to tell you, I'm not super spiritual. Okay? I'm just like you. We want to be real. Honest about where we are. Honest about who we are. In the hopes that Jesus can transform us. Our Sunday morning service, this online service that we're putting on, is really just a, a way for a bunch of honest, real, normal people, sinners, to begin to follow Jesus in a greater way. Jesus, real. We want to be honest about this. Honest about our doubts. Honest about our questions. Honest about our faith. Sarah and I have been married 15 years. And there are times in life when I'm not in a good mood or I'm upset. Now, I know it's hard for many of you to picture that, but I assure you at times this is true, okay? And when I'm upset, Sarah always says, what's wrong? And I'll go, nothing, nothing's wrong. And she's like, John, I can tell. And she can tell for a lot of reasons, mostly because I'm more distant with her, I don't open up, I use short answers. How was work today? Good. Did you get a lot of work done? Yes. But when I'm not honest with her, when I'm angry, with her. When I say that there's nothing wrong, I'm actually cutting off my intimacy with her. I'm not being honest or authentic. I think that I'm fooling her, but I am mistaken. And when we're not authentic, we actually lose intimacy with God. We've got to be real. Real with God, real with each other. Because if Sarah can tell, can't God? God knows already. It's not like we can have this anger or this, these questions about why God seems different or distant from us. And then we put on a front when we pray, oh, gracious living God, Father of all light and goodness, we thank thee for your gracious presence all around. No, no, no. He already knows you've got big time questions. He already knows that you feel that he's distancing himself from you. Why don't you just be honest about it? Be real. Rather than fooling God with the charade, don't distance yourself. Don't lose intimacy. No, if you feel it, cry it out. Pray it. Say it. Yell it. Just don't keep it in. God knows. Let's be real. Don't be pious. Don't be religious. Don't be holier than thou. Be real. The Bible points us to this real kind of life. Read the Psalms, Psalm 6. I am worn out from sobbing all night. I flood my bed with weeping, drenching it with tears. Psalm 10, O Lord, why do you stand so far away? Why do you hide when I'm in trouble? Psalm 13, O Lord, how long will you forget me? Forever? How long will you look the other way? How long must I struggle with anguish in my soul, with sorrow in my heart every day? How long will my enemy have the upper hand? It is important to know that when the King David wrote this, when he's praying these prayers of anguish, God's not mad at him. God doesn't strike him down with lightning because he has these questions or these doubts. He doesn't get mad because David gets real. No, quite the contrary. David is called a man after God's own heart because he was honest, not because he was righteous. God wants your honesty. He doesn't want your charade. 
If you feel it, say it. God's big enough to handle it. That's what we're about here at Prodigal. Acts 1.8, back to the theme verse of our series. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Here, Jerusalem, Prodigal Church. This is a place focused on Jesus and centered on Jesus. This is a place that longs for authenticity in our spirituality. And this week, it's about here. And we're gonna get real for a moment, okay? We're gonna talk about money. And immediately, some of you are thinking, the one Sunday that I show up or choose to watch online, the pastor talks about money. Well, that's bad luck, okay? But part of being real is talking about hard things. And the truth is, Speaking of getting real, um, as I was recording this sermon, uh, dude next door just starts firing up his lawnmower and just mows hard for multiple minutes. And I'm just standing there going, is this ever gonna stop? This kind of ruins the audio. And so um, getting real, I just moved everything indoors into my office. So um, that's how we're gonna finish the sermon. I was talking about how um, it's going to get weird and we're going to talk about money. And the truth is that everything that Prodigal Church does has a cost. It, it has renting a high school every Sunday where our church can gather and meet and learn to live and love like Jesus. That has a cost. Uh, renting a C-train and a storage unit for all of our ministry supplies every single week. That has a cost. Paying our staff um, every week has a cost. Everything that we do has a cost. And the reality is we've kind of done some of the math and looked at what it costs per weekend to do what we do on a regular basis. And it's about $20 per person per weekend, $20 per person to pull off what we pull off at Prodigal Church every Sunday and beyond. So if you believe in Prodigal Church, would you consider giving to Prodigal Church? Uh, the money that you donate doesn't just go here. But because you give here, we're able to give here, there, and everywhere. Thank you so much for joining us for our series, Here, There, and Everywhere. As you hear the vision and values of our church, we want to encourage you to consider giving regularly to Prodigal. It is your generosity that makes here possible. You can automate your giving on the Prodigal app or on our website by selecting the recurring tab. Your recurring gifts help us budget this year and beyond. Thank you for helping us to continue to be a thriving church that is built on Jesus and together in not having it together. God, we thank you for all that you have done in and through our church these first five years. We're so grateful for Jesus. We're so grateful for the foundation on which our church is built. And God, we're, thank you for, we're thankful for the real people, the honesty, the vulnerability that takes place um, within our church. Jesus, we thank you for the generous people at Prodigal. We pray that you would bless them. And God, help us to bless the world in a greater way. Um, God, not just here, but there and everywhere. In Jesus' name, amen. 
We want to thank you so much for joining us online at Prodigal Church Fresno. Next week is week two of our series here, there, and everywhere. And we're going to be talking about there, and it's going to be great. It's also Lake Day for our youth. So uh, if you haven't signed up your youth yet for that, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be immediately following our 10 a.m. service next Sunday on August 7th. Grace and peace in Ukraine.